Hello and welcome to the Endgame Heroes podcast, a weekly podcast where two best friends talk about the nerdy things they love like movies, TV shows, and video games. I am your host, Kyle, and as always, I am joined by the one and only Jack. Hey, hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? Pretty good, pretty good. You know, it's uh, been trying to brush up on some of this new stuff that we have going on and... Um... Man, just really apprehensive for the future. It's going to yeah. be awful. Yeah, so today's main topic before we get into that will be the writer strike that's uh, now started as of yesterday at the time of this recording um, for the Hollywood, uh, is it the TGA? The Writers Guild of America? Uh, WGA. WGA. Yeah. Okay, yeah, duh. That's how letters work. Yeah, uh, so we will be getting into you know kind of the, the topic of the week, talking about the writer strike what it's going to mean moving forward, what it meant last time, which was about 16, 17 years ago, the last big strike happened. Um, so we'll get into that. Before that, there is some other news topics to roll through. But before we do that, how's your week been, Jack? What have you been up to? Oh, uh, you know, I've been kind of flying around here, um, not physically, like just in terms of things that I've been doing. Um, been playing a little bit of, Jedi Survivor, the new Star Wars game, but I'm holding off for now um, just until they kind of like fix some of the like bugginess with it, but uh, they just put out a patch, like we we literally just talked about this off camera, like they just put out a patch, so I might check it out here coming up. Um, I've been floating around with like Destiny doing some raids and things like that with like the kind of funny people. Um, uh what else have I been doing? Uh, I've been so very, very slowly making my way, trying to like math out like the perfect 100% like run of a Persona 5 Royale save file. Jeez. Uh, because because it's like it's available on Xbox now through Game Pass. And I was like, well, I got to get the achievements. <laughs> like I got to get like that perfect score. And it's like, okay, I, I can't, I got to remember like, how do I do all of it on like one save file? So I'm I'm chucking chugging along there, just like like maybe an hour a week doing that. You know, um, there are guides for that, right, online that have been made for you know the last several years. Yeah, but I'm better than they are, oh. so like I'm gonna figure it out <laughs> on my own and be better because I'm smarter than they are. Hey, I I have no shame when I played Persona Five and Royal. I definitely had the answers and everything pulled up at all times. Oh yeah, no shame. No no shame to anyone that uses a guide at all. But like I played this game enough that like I memorized most of the <laughs> answers for every single confidant at every single level. And I've memorized almost every single persona and their like weaknesses. Like uh Futaba and Makoto and like uh what's his name, Akachi, like all three of their things would just like identify weaknesses and remember weaknesses and things like that. Those are useless to me because I just already know them. Um, but, uh, and then, uh, yeah, you know, been uh, just getting caught up on like shows and things like that. And and my wife has been making me, making us get caught up on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And man, that has been painful. So you took but, a, you took a trip off of One Piece to go to JoJo's, huh? Yeah, so that was the deal that we made because she has coworkers that like really want her to get into JoJo's, and I had coworkers that really wanted to get me into it as well. So it's like, all right, fine, just 
bite the bullet. So essentially, like, we'll do one arc of JoJo's and then an arc of One Piece is, like, our compromise. And boy, oh boy, did I not know that Stardust Crusaders was 48 episodes, <laughs> which is not that long in terms of, like, One Piece arcs. But man, when you are watching old JoJo's, it is it is pain. <laughs> yeah, those are both uh, two shows I've never given a chance. They have a JoJo's heart. is weird, but it's growing on me a little bit. But man, it's weird. I mean, it's, it's growing on me. It's literally called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. What do you expect? Yeah, I mean, well, I wasn't expecting a character named Vanilla Ice. Oh, that is that was okay. not on my radar, <laughs> and then it happened. And like the English in that uh, that anime is great. I feel like that always gets a chuckle out of us. Is is the terrible English? Any uh, any movies you've seen in the last week? I know you had saw a whole bunch there back to back. I think you had mentioned you were taking a little bit bit of a break before Guardians. Yeah, we kind of took a break. We haven't really watched anything since like what Mario. I think was like the last big one. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been all quiet on the movie front. Just been knocking out anime and knocking out like TV, getting caught up. What about you? Um, not a lot. I I mentioned last week, me and my wife were getting away for the weekend. We took a three day weekend up north, and uh, that was fun. It was it was a little bit colder than we would have liked, but we still had a really good time just getting away for a few days for the uh, the home stretch here for the pregnancy. We you know we have about two months left, a little bit less actually. So we'll be here before we know it. Uh, the plan was to bring an Apple TV box up and like watch some movies that we want to catch up on. We didn't do that. We just kind of hung out, watched some HGTV in bed, you know, maybe some Food Network. That's We don't have cable normally, so we take advantage of it when we see it. But yeah, um, I have been, you know, you've mentioned playing Jedi Survivor. I have actually been playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. and never beat it. Finally going back through, making some good progress. So I, oh, spoiler, Cal lives through your game. You know, he what, makes mine. You know what's funny is like I didn't know until they announced Survivor that if he would live or die. So like Oh you know Well that makes sense just because yeah. of that like era of yeah. the Star Wars lore. That makes it I mean, we had Rogue One. It's like, oh yeah, like mm-hmm. they can still do stories there, but like they can't make it. Yeah, like Andor, spoiler alert, Andor die. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. This this whole series is for nothing. He will eventually die. Yeah, even even Ahsoka, we know she dies too because in the Rise of Skywalker, she is like a forced ghost voice that talks to Rey at the end. So at some point, Ahsoka's gonna die. Well, hopefully hers is like to old age because I enjoyed yeah. Ahsoka. Yeah. So there there's a, a lot of stuff with Star Wars. It's a bit excessive and crazy, but yeah, I haven't really been doing a whole lot uh, other than that. Um, looking for actually no. I we're, we're rewatching Guardians of the Galaxy. We watched the first one last night. I actually watched it twice in the last three days. The first one. Um, I was well. So I, I put it on while I was working you know, on on the background. I wasn't really watching it. And then I asked her before I started number two. I was like, "Hey, would you want to rewatch these with me?" She's like, "Yeah, I haven't seen them in years. Let's do it." So. A day later, maybe even the same day. I can't remember, to be honest. It all is a big blur in my head now. And I watched it with her. Let me tell you, man, Guardians of the Galaxy, great movie. Great movie. Yeah, I enjoyed one quite a bit. Um, We might still watch them before three this uh, this weekend, but I don't know. We might just watch like a recap on YouTube. Like, I don't need the recap, but she does. Yeah, there's a lot that she forgot from the first one specifically. And uh, we're going to watch two tomorrow and then see three Friday. 
just crazy. Like these movies came out pretty recently, like 2014 and no. 2018 are not that far. Yeah. But I mean, it's so the issue she was having in the first one, and I don't blame her for this, was like she was getting things confused with, with Infinity War because of like the collector being in that as like Thanos and not misinterpreting him, but like faking him with like the reality stone or whatnot. So she was like, oh, I thought he was fake. And I'm like, no, this is the real him. That's why it made more sense in Infinity War that, like, they knew him already, and then Thanos, like, revealed that it wasn't him. So it was this big old, like, you know, quick turn. So, yeah. Wow. Filthy casual. <laughs> it's been a long time. I don't blame her for that one. Uh, two, I think she's watched, actually, a couple times because she liked that one a lot because of the humor in it. So I, in my heart of hearts, in my head, going into two, I think I like one more. As a movie overall, I know two is a funnier movie, but I think one's a better movie. I'll see how I feel tomorrow night after watching that. But um, uh, number three um, did settle its Rotten Tomatoes score at an eighty percent, which is a lot lower than the first two movies. But it's a lot higher than <laughs> some of the more yeah. recent yeah. projects in general. So. I know people <laughs> people were saying you know like they're not. Like the reviews wise are saying, oh, it's too dark, and they don't like that because the Guardians are known for comedy. But like James Gunn has done a lot in those first two movies to express that dark side of things. Like Rocket is a truly tragic character. Oh right? yeah, yeah. That's talk about Frankenstein's monster. Like this poor yeah. little raccoon. Mm-hmm. And like in Guardians Two with Peter, you know, and like Ego and all that. Like it, it goes to dark places. So I'm not surprised if three is the Stark movie, because it's capping off this trilogy. So we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. We're seeing it Friday night. You said you're seeing it Saturday? Uh, Yeah, we're seeing it, I think, Saturday afternoon. Nice. So that means next week, then, we will have our review. Um, I think we're going to do that whole spoiler-free section, and then some spoilers at the end, if they're worth talking about, which I'm assuming they will be. It's the end of a trilogy. It's James Gunn's last Marvel movie. I think he will go out with a bang and leave some ramifications for us to deal with, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't, like, go full-on Ryan Johnson and be like, hey, mm-hmm. good luck, losers. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, I... I like, let's, let's not yeah, start no, the last shit. I... He still seems... Like, I mean, he has nothing but, like, love for these characters and, like, these actors. And mm-hmm. um, so, like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm excited to see how three like shakes out and like where it leaves these characters. And then I'll be hopefully excited to continue hoping for the James Gunn DCU. Hopefully yeah. like this doesn't make me go like, Oh, maybe we should find someone else. Like hopefully yeah. I will still be like, all right. Yeah. Let's, let's see what happens now with Superman guys. Mm-hmm. And speaking of James Gunn and Superman, that can bring us into our first news topic for the week. Gran Turismo. <laughs> yeah, that'd be hilarious. Um, the cast uh, of Outer Banks, or one of the people from the cast of Outer Banks, I should say, is rumored to be playing a character in the James Gunn Superman Legacy movie. And the girl from Outer Banks, her name in real life is Madeline Klein. She plays Sarah Cameron, the Outer Banks show on Netflix. I am not an Outer Banks fan. My wife loves it. Uh, some of our friends love that show. Uh, I, I wasn't my cup of tea. I've seen it. I know her. She's not a bad actress. My question really is if this is a true casting rumor, is she playing Lois Lane or Lana Lang? 
is that James Gunn has confirmed that, you know, Superman is not an origin in this movie. It is a young, in his career Superman. So I think we will see Lois for sure, but that doesn't mean we can't see Lois and Lana. Oh, I know this girl. Yeah, she plays um, Whiskey in uh, Glass Onion, the Knives Out sequel. Uh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched that one yet. I only saw the first one. Oh, that's criminal. Yeah, she plays a character in, in there. She plays, uh, like, Batista's characters. Like, I can't remember if it was, like, girlfriend or wife, but, like, uh, Batista's partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a good actress. I like her. Yeah, so we'll see. I was talking to a friend of mine today. I actually think she would be a good Lana Lang. I think she kind of has that, like, classic farm girl look a little bit more from, like, Smallville. Um, oh, you haven't seen Glass Onion. <laughs> I, I guess not. But yeah, I, I I could totally see her playing either of those characters, yep. or like even just a completely different character. Like, yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised if she were to play like a Supergirl type of character. Yeah, like, oh, she, she that's actually gone. that's not a terrible spot right there either. Um, yeah. But normally we wouldn't talk about just a random casting rumor, but it leads into some big casting rumors that have been going on the last week or so with Fantastic Four. Specifically, um, three of the four supposedly actors have been offered the roles, um, mainly being the big one, Adam Driver, as Reed Richards' Mr. Fantastic. More. (laughs) And then uh, Margot Robbie as Sue Storm. Mm -hmm. Love Margot Robbie. That's a very interesting offer. Especially with uh, her being Harley Quinn. We had talked yeah. before about how there's like this weird clause uh, going with that. So, well, it's not necessarily weird, but like it's it's weird that this offer has been made because of the clause. Yes, and I mean, who knows if that's a for real, you know, thing? But you know, um, Paul Mescal is uh, supposedly going to be Johnny Storm, which he's the one who I didn't know. Uh, he he has been some things, nothing I've seen him in. But uh, Johnny Storm and uh, Margot Robbie, looking at the actors, I could see them being related in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I think the the biggest thing here, other than, like, I guess, like, Adam Driver, just because like, I feel like he's gotten a lot of star power here lately. Uh, and, like, I don't have any problems with him playing a Reed Richards type of character. Like, sure, I like Adam Driver. He's fine. Um the biggest thing I think is definitely Margot Robbie, just because like I, I was actually whenever I heard about that, I was like looking up and it's like she's like ready to like to see it's like, is she done playing Harley Quinn? Like, has she said she's stepping away from the role? And then like, you know, we've got like Gaga playing uh, Harley in like the Joker movie, which is an Elseworlds thing. So like they don't have to use the same actors, but like it could be like a, oh, maybe they want to go in a different direction. And then like you think. It's like, okay, well, we've got James Gunn coming in and, like, shaking up everything. And, like, apparently, you know, virtually no one is safe. Like, Henry Cavill's out as Superman. So it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, they were at the point where, like, Margot Robbie was talking about, like, in 2020-something, how she's kind of, like, been burnt out from doing so much stuff back-to-back as the character that she, like, did want to step away for at least a while. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if there was a conversation between her and Gunn at some point of being like, it's like, well, do you want to come back as like the role? And, you know, maybe she's just like, uh, maybe not. And like, that could be just like a clean break. I'd be like, yeah. cool. Well, you know, we'll still work together at some point, just statistically, because they have such a good relationship. Yeah. And 
like this could be that opportunity now where she can field offers to like do things like that, you know, like or to like even try to do things. The, but the key word here with all of these rumors is that these are offers. These yes. are not like done deals, you yeah. know, like there there are so many different things that could happen that could completely uh, change any of these things or be like like we could find out tomorrow. Like a reporter could like go up to Margot Robbie and be like, "Are you are you gonna take the Sue Storm deal?" And she could be like, "Who's Sue Storm?" And just like not like it could be complete nothing, you know? Yeah. So it's like it's always with a grain of salt. But like, if this is any indicator of like who we're gonna having the, I don't like these these cast people. I think this yeah. is, this makes for like a strong foundation. The big question, I think, like more so than like who would play the thing, would it be who is playing Doctor Doom because you assume they go Doom. So like big bad, but was, like, honestly, I kind of hope they don't. There was one other rumored casting, and it's Galactus. See, I would prefer yeah. Galactus. So it was a lot more than Doom. We yeah. had Doom twice now yeah. in two separate, uh, like yeah. fan four stick properties, <laughs> and like let's let's give it a rest, you guys. It's kind of yeah. the way of Spider Man now. I don't need to see Uncle Ben get shot like eighteen different times. So like let's. Let's yeah. do something else and then maybe build up to it. Cause like Galactus and Doom both are like such good like Avengers level threats that if they were to just burn Doom now, that would honestly leave just like a really sour taste in my mouth, especially when they have so much trouble building up villains in general. Like they yeah. have two exceptions of like Loki and Thanos, and everyone else gets killed in like one movie save for vulture what okay yeah but like let's be real there's i feel like there's no shot we're getting him back again because of like the stuff that happens also he you would have known well, he's in morbius right yeah he's in morbius in like the most phoned in after credits scene i have ever seen i think in my life like Honestly, like, I know he's, like, kind of getting older now, but, like, I, whenever my wife and I saw his cameo, we were like, oh, God, like, he either gambled away his money or he's gone senile and doesn't know where <laughs> he is anymore because it is just so bad and, like, which is a shame because I really liked his portrayal of the Vulture. He was really good, mm -hmm. but, like, I I don't think we're getting the Vulture back Yeah, in, like, a Marvel Spider-Man property. There's so just no the rumored actor to be playing Galactus is Antonio Banderas. Oh my God. <laughs> I simultaneously kind of hate it, but at the same time, I dig it like hard. Yeah. It's the first I'm hearing of that. Yeah. I dig that. I'm I'm in. So the, the rumors are right now that it will be about, I think they will be coming up against a herald for Galactus. So Galactus will be teased as opposed to their main villain here. Which is good because Marvel needs that teased future villain now that Thanos is gone. And like, who knows what's going to happen now with Jonathan Majors and Kang. Obviously, we're getting the Kang movies, but who knows what they're going to do with that. So we need a, a endgame type villain to build to eventually. And Galactus is the clear pick for that. Yeah, I mean, you have a character like Thanos that, I mean, he wiped out half of all life in the universe like it and you know they it was the culmination of what i think 20 movies by that point like 22 i think 21 yeah. something like that 
So, like, and obviously, you know, we didn't know about Thanos in the MCU, like, during the first few movies. They kind of built into it, and they, like, stumbled upon, like, this winning lucky thing that they could, like, capitalize on. But, yeah, like, it, it was still the culmination of these 22 movies, to, like, for this thing. And, you know, now we're getting a little bit of Kang, but, like, we'll see what happens there because of, like, real-world things that actually matter, not you know, fantasy land things that don't actually matter or have an impact. We just like to talk about them because they're fun. Uh, and that's fine. Um, but like, yeah, we really need to like set up the dominoes so that we can get another payoff because once you've killed half the universe, like most threats are pretty tame by comparison after that. So like it's, it's, it takes me to like, really i mean a lot of properties but like dragon ball is like one mm -hmm. of the big ones where yeah. like the the power creep and the power scaling it's like okay how do we one up ourselves it's like well we killed half the universe with like a dude with some rocks in his fist so it's like i don't know a guy that eats planets or like a dude that like has a billion variants in time travel like when you go so hard in like the wideness of space, it's like, all right, I guess we could go tall with time or we could go like expansive with just like, what the heck, man? Yeah. <laughs> yep. And going back to like Adam Driver, I was actually hoping he would be our doom. I just, I pictured him as a, a Dr. Doom type character for whatever reason. I think he has that charisma to play that like smart, evil genius. We've seen him play the bad guy. We've seen him be redeemed. We've seen Adam Driver have all kinds of different emotions in his career so i think he would be a great doom i don't think he's gonna be a bad read i just would have rathered him as doom so i don't know we'll see um we should know soon i mean realistically probably next, well net we'll call well, with, with at least casting announcements we should know by you know comic-con and you know the hall h stuff this year i'm assuming that's what they plan on officially revealing everything i feel like that would have been a a pretty good statement to gamba on a week ago but you know like going into the main topic of today with the writer's strike um i do not feel safe at all with virtually any project of any yeah. sort both like in the movies or on television because like Bad. Like, a lot of people probably, you know, don't know a lot of this type of information that, like, goes in with this strike or, like, how it's actually going to, like, affect things. Because I imagine there's probably a good amount of our listeners that, like, I don't know, like, were, like, children whenever the last writer's strike happened. But I was in high school and I remember how devastating it was because, like, shockingly, I've always been a nerd at, a, <laughs> like, television and movies and like it was devastating for both television and movies when that happened and like if we get more of that that it is like i'm i at this point like i'm looking at all of the things that i watch and i'm being like okay which one is going to kill me whenever it gets canceled because yeah. of this and it's just like or it, or is worse the the worst thing to me that the original writer strike did was heroes, heroes season 2 who yeah yeah that is the you no know. that is the magic bullet that yeah. is the magic bullet that killed me and mm -hmm. it just it never recovered it from it okay so no and, and how could they like even whenever things got resolved the fact that like 
they had to then deal with things that happened in season two and be like, I guess this is the lore now and like move on from there. Like, it's no wonder that the show was never able to like truly recover. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's just so movie. sad because the, the season know. one of Heroes is like one of the greatest seasons of any show ever. Top tier. So good. Loved what they were doing with that. Like all of the characters and everything. And like, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, there's yeah. nothing that they could do because of the writers. Yeah. Scrubs had a short season, you know, like all kinds of stuff. Because everything, it was either shorter seasons, rushed seasons like Heroes was. Heroes was in like episode like six. And they're like, hey, we're ending in two episodes. Have fun. You know, and like they just did a whole season of a content in like two episodes and like Peter Petrelli, like, oh my God, the way they handle Peter Petrelli in season two of Heroes is just so sad. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's honestly kind of mind boggling. Yeah. I mean, just like every show that was on back then was affected. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, some other ones that come to mind aside from Heroes and Scrubs. I mean, you talk about like community loss oh, yeah. office like literally every show that like was in that era of like late 2000s was affected by this and like there's a ton of other shows that i remember really enjoying but like i couldn't name off the top of my head because they got canceled mm -hmm. or because they tried to push through it uh with like scab riders and like it tanked and like it got canceled because they put out like an abomination of a season like Community is another one that, like, they had, like, a bunch of problems for it, and they literally explained it away the next season. It's like, hey, guys, next last season doesn't exist. <laughs> it was a gas leak. You hallucinated it. So oh. we're picking up where we picked up, like, a season ago is, like, what they did, which is very meta, and uh, I respect them for doing, but, like, yeah, I mean, no one can, like, really recover from that type of thing. Yeah. Just because, like, the WGA, like, they've gone on strike. Because they, you know, want fair pay, which, uh, like, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and shut down, like, a couple of angry neckbeards right now. Um, spoiler alert, at least, at, at least I am, I, I hope I'm speaking for you too, we're on the writer's side. Oh, 100%. In this story. Okay, good, good, good. We sh I probably should have checked before <laughs> I got ready to go on a rant. But uh, yeah, so we're we're on the writer's side. If you enjoy the type of content that brought you to listening to us, then you are also on the writer's side. There is no scenario where you are not on the writer's side, even if it leads to your favorite thing getting canceled or delayed by a ton or like whatever. It is not the writer's fault. It is like the parent company's fault. Your Paramounts, your Disney, Netflix, Discovery, Netflix, Apple, Warner Bros. Either those are the people that you should be very angry at. And, and again, like, don't, like, don't call in a bomb threat or anything like that. But, like, if you're going to be really salty and upset at someone, that is who you direct your anger towards. And you should respectfully direct your anger towards them and, like, make sure that they hear you, you know, like, petitions, like, online type of stuff. Like, they need to know that... The Otis is on them to fix this, not on the writers. The writers need to stand strong and stay on strike until enough of their demands are met that they feel, like, good going back to work. Because, like, right now they're not making a living wage uh, writing these TV shows, which, like, that alone is mind-blowing if you yeah. think about it. Like, we're talking about, like, industries that make multiple billions of dollars a year. And, like, the people that literally created, that write the whole thing, are not getting paid enough that they can afford to support themselves. 
And like, that's not just in Hollywood either. Like, like shows get filmed everywhere, like from like Vancouver and Canada down to like, there's a lot of filming that happens in like Georgia, for instance, like around the Atlanta area. Yeah, that's where all the Marvel stuff is. Yeah. And it's like, they physically cannot afford to like keep themselves alive because of like a lot of tiny little dominoes that eventually stacked up into like them now being in a situation where they cannot get paid to like exist or like they'll come in for 10 like weeks worth of writing at the very beginning of pre-production and then the company will fire them afterwards and just wing it afterwards Mm -hmm. as they go into actual production and like creating of the show um you know they're uh one of the big points that they have is like like before in the age of like cable tv you know, they writers would get paid residuals. You know, every time your thing would play again on cable, you know, you got a little bit of a check. And like whenever it would like get broadcast overseas, like, you know, you'd get a little bit of money that, you know, this is not, I think, a terribly uncommon idea. I feel like most people are probably familiar with that approach. Yeah, the, the music um, industry is huge with that. Yeah. So it's it's the same deal. And like, that's how a lot of writers, you know, like they had that cushioning that they could like you know, do their jobs. And like now with the advent of the streaming era, like cable exists, but like nowhere near to the degree of like, look how big our schlong is. Like they don't, they don't control the market anymore to where like these people, like there's no longer residuals because everything is just streaming. They own the rights to their stuff on their platform. So they don't play that, you know, you don't have like overseas broadcast things anymore. Um, you, they're also just like, yeah, they're like cutting out the writers from like being able to do the um like the entirety of their job. And like whenever you like they're basically getting like shoved into like a very small box of the scope of production for their job as a writer. And like that's not how you make a good writer. Like you're gonna assume you'll have a an entire generation of writers that don't know how to like do their job to completion because they're just getting shoved into this little thing. They like write a couple of scripts or whatever, and then they get fired or laid off or like whatever by Netflix or Papa Apple or like whoever the parent company is, they just force them out and then they just wing it from there. And it's like, it's just, it's mind boggling because like they're, the writers are not trying to buy a sports car. They're not trying to buy a yacht. They're literally trying to afford rent and groceries. Same as you, listener. Like, they want the same thing. Like, they also dream of one day owning a single house for themselves to have a family. And, like, like I was watching um, earlier, I was watching a really good, just, like, five-minute um, clip from an excerpt. I hope I can find, like, the full-length thing. Um, but the LA Times had a big thing with, like, some very prominent, um, like, writers, production like people like Craig Mazin from The Last of Us. Um, they had like a person from uh, Shrinking on Apple TV. Like they had big people on there talking about this, like to just kind of like shed some light on like what this is. And it's like, yeah, like it's, it's, they, they, they're, if they keep going the way that they're going, they being like the big companies, Daddy Netflix and them then soon the only people that are going to be able to be writers at all for these types of things are going to essentially be very young people that live with their parents who have parents that are well off enough that like can afford to essentially like pay for them to live 
or like maybe not live with the parents, but like they would have like parents or someone else. They 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 would have to be well, like yeah, before they got a job because otherwise they're not going to be able to survive off of just writing. The issue is it, the bulk of writing is done in Hollywood in L.A., which is. Mm -hmm if not the most expensive city in the top five minimum, like you live in San Francisco area, which is again, one of the most expensive cities in the country to live in, if not the world, LA is right there. New York is right there. Like Atlanta's, I'm sure expensive too, but not near as expensive as like California, Los Angeles, Hollywood area. And that's yeah. where the bulk of these things are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, because like, because you, you got to think it's like, okay, well like how, how does this strike affect me? The person that like, is just, you know, open to like, you know, you come home from a long day, you turn on the TV, you know, you you just want to relax, kick back, watch something. Um, you like as of right now, you don't have any late night programming. So like Jimmy Kimmel, Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, um, even things like the problem with John Stewart last week tonight with John Oliver, um, all of those things those are indefinitely scrapped until like the writers come back. That's done. That's on indefinite hold. Um, Saturday night live that's gone until this gets figured out. And yep. then like, it really it, like, this is like the one case of like trickle, like trickle down economics that is actually like valid where like it, because of like these decisions at the top, it trickles down. And now like we are seeing the fruits of that because like this like affects um, like Abbott Elementary, I'm pretty yeah. sure uh, they already announced it's like, yeah, we're going to hope that we can come back eventually. But until the writers can come back, like we don't have a show. Yeah, they didn't uh, have their entire season finished writing. I did see that. I know yeah. I saw like Brett Goldstein talking because he's he's a writer as well as an actor, you know, so like mm -hmm. Ted Lasso, Shrinking, all that. Like there's uh, what I do like about all this is you see the actors in solidarity. I saw a little clip from uh, Amanda Seyfried from the Met Gala event talking about it. And she's like, it's, it's a different world. They live, we live in now than it was when these rules were set after the last writer strike was what? 2006, 2007, I forget. 2007. The it was resolved in off the top of my head. Don't fact check me. February of 2008. Wow. That was a long one. Um, so it was like September of 07, I think until, February 2008. So now around that area, not only are you, you know, the, obviously the writers are the foundation of your show without any material. There is no material to record, to cast mm -hmm. anything. So the ground floor is stopped. What that's going to do is a trickle theory or a trickle down method to where production schedules will then fall behind actors. Their, their timelines will not line up anymore. You're going to see scheduling delays. You're going to see project delays. You're going to see movie delays, everything starts at the bottom and is going to keep falling downward. It's eventually going to ruin not everything, but like literally taking two weeks off of or for even at minimum for a writer's strike could delay things by months. Yeah. And it's like, and like, honestly, you're giving like right now, like the, the, the examples that you just gave of everything being delayed by months. That's like the best case yeah. scenario. Yeah. Because like a lot of these things, like, like you were just alluding to like, oh, you know, like these actors are signed on for things and like, oh, well now there's a schedule delay because of like, you know, you, they, they can't act until they have words to say. And, you know, when that happens to enough things, all of a sudden you're going to get to a point. It's like, 
oh, I can't be in this thing and also this other project because, like, they were both delayed at different rates and now I literally have to choose. So, like, some things are just going to get canceled or things are going to get recast or, mm -hmm. you know, delayed even longer. And, like, obviously we saw a lot of delays with, like, the COVID area. And, like, I don't know about you, but that was painful. Yeah. Like, that was... That was really bad. One of my favorite Marvel properties, we spoke about this earlier, is WandaVision. And WandaVision had a terrible ending because of COVID. Like, it was a rushed ending. They had, like, the budget wasn't there. The restrictions with COVID. Falcon and the Winter Soldier had to do a complete rewrite because their original script had a biological cloud-based weapon that was going to try and kill half the population Thanos-style. And guess what happened in the real world? A by an airborne disease that tried killing half of the world so like mm -hmm. in falcon and then the winter soldier suffered terribly from it it felt so disconnected mm -hmm. yeah and it's i mean yeah like the ramifications just from covid can be felt in a lot of things like not to the degree that it was with the writer's strike back in like 07 or whatever it was i'm just gonna say 07 i'm pretty sure that was it um but like it's it is it is going to be painful if you enjoy television of any sort. Again, not just your scripted dramas and comedies like your Abbott Elementary, but like again, like it's gonna affect everything. No more late shows, no more, you know, comedy things. It's just news and sports. That's even, yeah, even reality TV, like news yeah, flash. Reality TV, that's gone. Yeah, news flash for those who don't realize this. I'm sorry to put your bubble, but reality TV <laughs> is very much written like wrestling is fake. Yeah, like, no, it's it, it affects everything. Like it really does because like, you know, like thank God that they're unionized to begin with so that they have the power to strike and like do this and like stand united. But like if if whatever it is that you're watching on like a weekly basis it, like if you don't see it get delayed pretty soon then that means that it's either already completely done for like the rest of the season like right now i'm like 22 episodes into the latest season of the rookie so like i'm pretty sure they're done like for with pretty much everything at that point um or like it's you know they're going to get scab riders and like we know how badly that ha that works out with looking at something like season 2 of heroes mm -hmm. um and like this is also this is also like this isn't just television this is movies too so like this is kind of why i was being like i was like trying to keep from like burst out of my chair whenever we were talking about like uh you know like oh yeah like nick fury like maybe he'll be open to coming back and it's like if there's something yeah. to come back to because like like these types of things like they will completely derail plans and timelines yes you know like you want to talk about like like black panther wakanda forever having to do like a complete 180 because of the tragic passing of chadwick boseman like obviously this isn't on the level of like the face of your franchise died but it is bad in the sense of like the people that, you know, write and create the thing that it is that you're wanting, like no longer are doing able to do their jobs. And oh. it's like, yeah, it's yeah. I thought that like the the Marvel TV shows have been rough before. <laughs> uh, it's 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 going to get worse before it gets better. It's going to be again, Disney Channel level, not Disney Plus level. You know, it's yeah. going to be even worse. Uh, yeah, speaking of Wakanda be... Forever, like Wakanda Forever not only had Chadwick passing and having to rewrite that, then it had COVID happen. Yeah. And like 
uh, the the main star of that movie didn't want to get vaxxed. So she had gave all kinds of trouble. And then when she eventually did, she hurt herself on set like twice. Like that movie had so many hurdles to get through. And you can feel that in the actual movie. At least I can. I know a lot of people love that movie, but I didn't vibe with it. So it, it's crazy. I wonder things too, like Superman Legacy, James Gunn has said he's finished that script. Mm-hmm. Just because the script is done doesn't mean the writing's not done. You yeah, know, that's like, step one. There is yeah. still so much that, like, the script is done. It's like, oh, okay, so we can fire the writer? No, no, not unless you want to put out hot garbage. Yes. <laughs> like, Damn, there, the job as a writer is nowhere near complete just because the script as, like, version 1.0 is done. Yeah. Like, they are not finished. That movie is slated from two years from now. That's when it's supposed to come out. That is not happening, period. Unless this, unless a lot of very rich, greedy boardroom members get really cool all of a sudden, yeah, that's not happening. Like, yeah. The longer this goes on, the the harder it's going to be for things to recover. And like, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this before. Like, I, I don't know. I was probably in goblin mode at this point whenever we talked about it in a previous episode. But like, like Warner Brothers couldn't afford to to put out more movies in a year so they had to delay some of the dc movies because they physically couldn't afford to like put out more than black adam and something else i don't even remember what else like came out before that that year but like like it costs money to like put these things out you figure like if if these things get delayed long enough to the point where like i mean we're looking at covid again we're like if you can't put out anything into a movie theater long enough where you're just like not making money like eventually like companies are going to fold and like a lot of people are going to lose their jobs. Like a lot of people are going to lose their jobs regardless because of this, like people that aren't writers, but still work on a show. Yeah. You know, you think about any of the people that like work on like camera editing, uh, visual lighting, visual effects, like all of these people, like they're also in a very tumultuous position now because of this. And like, I get that the the boardroom members like have a responsibility to their shareholders or whatever, but like you can make less money. Like don't don't child labor like our writers. Like don't sweatshop these people because like that it, it is already hard enough for me to justify myself getting an iPhone or whatever whenever I need to. Mm. Uh because like I you know once you know how the sausage is made, you can't get that image out of your mind. Yeah, Foxconn like, is a terrible place. Yeah, so it's like you know, just like all of these types of things. Like it's it's gonna be hard, and like it's gonna affect like animated stuff too. Like so, if you got kids and they watch like cartoons or like educational programming, um, I'm not familiar with anything as of right now because I don't have children. But like thinking back to like my childhood, things like you know like the Wiggles or uh, Dora the Explorer, literally anything like SpongeBob SquarePants, like those are all on strike as well. Like it literally affects everything. So like now your kids don't have like new stuff. They're going to, you know, granted, like they'll probably be okay with like reruns and things like that, but like, you're not getting new things for anyone. Yeah. And some of the, some of the young hip things for the kids now are like Paw Patrol. Uh, Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, Peppa Peppa Pig. No, I don't like that one. The animation style. Yeah. That one's a little creepy. There's a Peppa Pig experience store at one of our malls nearby i've walked past it it's like legoland but for peppa pig which is just the weirdest thing ever i don't i'm afraid to walk inside i don't know 
Um, and you're going to have to in a couple of years here, my guy. <laughs> and I, I've heard, I've heard there's a show called like Bluey. No idea what it is, but apparently kids love it. So here soon, I'm sure I'll be well versed in Bluey, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah, that's oh man, that's <laughs> going to be funny to see you get tortured that way. But like, yeah, but like it, it literally affects like every facet. Like literally, all you're going to have are news and sports, and like even news is going to be tough because you know what the news needs writers. Yep. So like it's it's gonna be hard. Like get ready for a lot of like fluff pieces and interns just, like, writing things. Yeah, and it's like and that that sucks too because like you shouldn't support scab writers or anything like or like scab workers of any sort whenever we're dealing with like union disputes like this. Like like I get like you know hey this is their chance to like break in and like I've even seen. I've seen a lot of stupid things in my life. I grew up in Indiana. Um, so like that that's like my credential to say like I've seen some pretty <laughs> stupid stuff. Specifically southern Indiana. I was on the border of Kentucky and Illinois. Yeah. It's the trifecta. You like, could throw a stone state. one way and be in Kentucky and a rock the other way and be in Illinois. Yeah. While standing in Indiana. So yep. like believe you me, I know stupid when I <laughs> see it. And like I, I remember seeing a take, probably the dumbest take I think I've ever seen about anything since. Well, what if Trump were president? And like this is that take being, <laughs> um, it's like well we could just have like Chat GPT or like these AI things. Yeah, right I've here. heard that a lot. That is the dumbest thing I think I've heard in recent memory. And like, look, as long as it's a show that I don't care about, go ahead and try. See how that ends up for you. Let that be a wake up call. Like someone's going to have to fall on their sword. And I'm sure that someone will, you know, yeah. because like, like you, you see more and more like these people that are in charge of these like production types of, of decisions on TV shows and movies. They don't even go to set. They have no idea how anything works on it, and yet they're making these decisions. So, like, whenever this happens and we get just an absolute putrid abomination of a project that, like, tanks and has some of the worst reviews and has people, like, just very vehemently angry at them on Twitter, like, and they're going to be like, who could have predicted this? It's, like, me right now, <laughs> along with literally anyone with more than a single functioning brain cell that could tell you that, like, having AI write full like full-on scripts and like edits and things like that for like a television show or a movie that is stupid yeah <laughs> like like seinfeld lasted like what a couple of weeks on twitch before it got super racist and like they had to get banned because of that like this is this is not gonna fly this is not going to work yeah so we, we let's hope for a quick resolution in favor of the writers what's if you had a guess, obviously we don't know anything on the boardroom side of how long this could go. Like knowing what we know from the previous strike, do you think it'll go that long again? Do you think they'll try and solve it quickly because of how much money they're going to lose? Like, what's your timeline look like? What do you think? I I would really hope that it's it's quickly, but like, I mean. Okay, yeah, so I, I'm looking it up right now. So the previous strike lasted um, more than three months, stretching from late 2007 to early 2008. And yeah, yeah, it did. It did. Um, uh, it ended on February 26th of 08. So I am, in fact, a smart person. 
Uh, and uh, it's, um, yeah, so looking at that as an example, I I would hope this doesn't last longer than a couple of weeks. Like, yeah. I hope that, like, bored people, sorry, not bored like they have nothing to do, boardroom people, I hope that they can, like, look at hard numbers that they have on record from the last time this happened and be like, ooh, we can't let that happen again. Yeah. And, like, like God, please fix it and like appease the writers so that they can survive off of doing the job that makes you a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I think worst case scenario, worst case scenario, I feel like the writers will crack first because like they, you know, like it's better to take something over nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, or like they're just, it's going to murder. It's going to kill them inside to see what happens in the meantime. So, like, I feel like they could definitely make some concessions if the boardroom people, like, take a super hard stance. Um, I feel like the writers probably, I mean, it, you're, you're talking about, like, people's livelihoods, too. Like, because you can only strike for so long without, like, getting other work. Yeah. To where it's, like, I feel like most people probably can't strike for longer than, like, six months. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, like, the gold bar, like, the 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 golden line that you want to get to of, like, having enough money saved away where, like, you can survive six months, you know, off of your savings if, like, you know, the worst happens and you lose your job. Um. So, like, and obviously that's, like, the, the, the end-all, be-all goal for having money squirreled away. Most people don't have that. Most people do not have that. I guarantee you most writers don't have that because as we talked about earlier in the show, they can't pay rent, yeah. let alone- That's like, why they want more money. Maybe. Yeah, like and like that's, that's at the point where it's like, I don't know how long this will last. I don't know how many writers we're going to just straight up lose. Like they're just going to change fields, do something else because they're going to have to Yeah, because they have to provide for themselves or their now, families. Do you know- does, will this affect video games at all? Well, are these the same like tier writers that write video games, or is that separate? I, I as far as I know, the video game industry is not unionized, but yeah, I, I don't so think they this, are. This this is gonna be like I won't say completely one hundred percent separated because there's some overlap here and there, but this is mostly separate. Um, like overwhelming majority separate. So like video games are going to be fine because like the, the video game studios, they will hire like they, they'll like have those writers come in. But like rather than being like a part of a union, like most of those writers are just employees of the studio yeah, or contracted. Like, exactly. Like they're contracted with the studio, which like is good and bad. Like they're still not unionized which is bad like every i think the video game industry like really needs to be unionized they're, they're working on it some studios have unionized now yeah which is great um but like it's it's bad in that sense that they're not unionized so they don't have any power um but like it's also good in the sense that like they're just full-time at that studio like even when their job is like mainly done like they're not getting like fired left and right at least i hope not um, like, you know, they're, they're still there working on like other projects. Cause like most studios now, like a lot of them get big enough to where they've got like a few pokers in the fire at yeah. any given time to where yeah, like, you'd hope that they would be able to shuffle around. That being said, I don't know at all for sure about any of what I just said, 
because like one, not an expert, not in the field. Two, the video game industry is like one of the most secretive industries mm. in like entertainment, yeah. which is like, I've never understood. Like Hollywood and like television, it's like much more open about like, you know, like casting decisions or projects that they have underway and like all of this type of stuff. And it's like, meanwhile, like in video game land, like, so help me God, like if some poor schmuck thinks that they're going to get famous off of leaking a Nintendo game like two days early, then like they're screwed for the rest of their lives. Oh, yeah. Like they'll never like they, they they're not allowed to have children anymore because otherwise Nintendo will legally take them from them. Yeah, like, that's how bad it is. That's ha that's actually happening right now. So uh, last year with Scarlet and Violet for Pokemon. And then already, so Zelda Tears of the, of the Kingdom is coming out in what two weeks, something like that. The game is change, yeah. Yeah, the game is already out. It's leaked. Like people have leaked it already, and it's like it's crazy. It was like three weeks early, basically. And Nintendo is not going to let that go kindly, to say the least. No, they are not. They're going to hunt down those leakers and like, hey, yeah, you know what? PSA to anyone that's listening: if you get your hands on a copy of like a big video game or something like that like a day a week a month early because you know you went to like a local shop that you know they they don't know what they're doing they broke street date keep it to yourself yeah you know you won you got you got the golden ticket you got everybody's dream of like oh man i get to play this game early and like experience it now don't leak it because your life will be ruined like mm -hmm. i guarantee you like, it doesn't matter what anonymity you have. Like, you could buy this thing with cash, like, wearing a ski mask and, like, with a VPN or, like, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, they will find you. They will hunt you down and they will gut you for every cent that you will ever make for the rest of your life. Yeah. Like, we just saw that with Scarlet Advice. Yeah. Like, they will mercilessly flog you. It is mm -hmm. not worth your 15 seconds of fame. Because that 15 seconds of fame, that's not even going to lead to a career because you're not going to have one because no one's going to want to work with you because you broke something like that. Yeah. I remember when Halo 4 came out, I got to play it like a week early because somebody that I worked with at Best Buy, um, his girlfriend worked at a video rental place, dating us mm -hmm. a little bit and they got copies early and she let him borrow a copy and we went over and I was so paranoid. I'm like, hey, make sure you turn your Xbox Wi-Fi off. Like, make sure you're offline. Like, yeah. don't let them know you have this game. Yeah, dude, they will, they will like, FBI raid your house. Like, you will get swatted in, like, the worst possible way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I, and, like, now, again, like, I say all of that so that you know, like, mom and pop shop owners you know i'm cool so like if i like if if anyone in like the walnut creek area gets a copy of like a video game early like i will pay you cash i will sweeten the pot on top of it mm -hmm. like just let me let me get that thing a little bit early again i'm not gonna leak it i'm not gonna tell anyone my wife's not even gonna know about like the contents of whatever i'm playing and she doesn't really care about games like it, it'll just be for me that'll be a bond that share <laughs> that is cemented by me giving you a lot of money hey you know video games take a long time to play and beat we just want to review things and have it drop with everybody else that's all exactly and like also like don't worry what i said is mostly a joke obviously if someone does offer to sell me like a thing early i'm gonna swoop in on it 
uh, as long as it's reasonable. So, but, like, at the same time, it's not even going to matter because, like, most games require a day one patch, which yep. I wouldn't even be able to download until mm -hmm. it actually gets released. So, like, most games, it doesn't even matter at this point. But, like, you know, if I could have, like, if I could have bought, like, a, an early copy of Zelda, would I have? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, so I've I follow a YouTuber I have for years named uh, Austin John Plays. He's a Nintendo yeah. YouTuber, and he lives out in Jersey. And uh, he has Real. some he has some local mom and pop shops that he buys things from early. Now what he does is he's respectful. He doesn't put it out beforehand, but what he does do is have guides up like day one ready to go. Yeah, um, that's the way to do it. That's how you capitalize on that type of a thing. And that's yeah, yeah like he's, he's made his career on that. Like he's like the biggest like Zelda walkthrough guy there is, pretty much. Yeah, he really exploded with Breath of the Wild, and yeah. like good for him. And yeah. um, he also like puts out super informative stuff for like Pokemon as well. Like super, super good stuff that he like puts out. Very yeah, shout out Austin John plays. If you ever want to collab, yeah. let us know. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. We, once we get to like a million subscribers, maybe we'd be on his radar. So, but actually, uh, do something real quick. Go on Google right now, and I'm not asking this for the listeners, but if you want to listen, listeners follow along. Go on Google and type in Austin John Plays Net Worth. I did this one time, and I was shocked at how much money this guy has, and he's just a YouTuber. Uh, estimated net worth of nine hundred. Wait, what? Nine hundred ninety-two thousand? Oh my god! So, so okay, hold on. I'm seeing one from like from a YouTube thing, close to seven hundred and five k. So I when I looked this up, it's been a year or two. He had like a two million dollar net worth. Oh yeah, dude, that's this is wild. Yeah, but like all he does is make guides and like reaction videos. It's crazy. And he does a good, he's great at his job. I'm not knocking that. Just as oh, yeah. crazy. Like, this is what happens when you get games early, apparently. Yeah. Well, you, you also have to remember, though, that net worth is not an indicator of, like, actual cash flow. Yeah. Pockets, it's his know? house, his cars, all that stuff. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's very different from just, like, having liquid cash of, like, of things like that. But it is still an indicator of, like, is this person successful or, like, good at what they do? And, like, yeah. he is very good at what he does. Absolutely. And it's, like, yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just kind of crazy and wild to me that this is the world that we live in with our We, yeah, the video game industry is weird, man. I feel like we're tangenting a little bit now. It's, it's we're, fine. We're at the, yeah, we're at the, the hour. Mark. Yeah, we're at, yeah, Goblin, Goblin Mode's activated. So my hope is to next week when we come back to record our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 review, the writer's strike is over. Oh, that'd be the dream. Yeah. That'd be the absolute dream. The writer's strike is over and the writer's demands have all been met and the boardroom members, like, I don't know, they found Jesus <laughs> or like they were visited by the ghosts of Christmas past. Like whatever's got to happen for them to like grow a conscience essentially and be like, you know, we could make a little bit less money and we would be fine still. Like, do I really need that 17th gold-plated yacht <laughs> maybe maybe we could afford to pay the people that make us money a living wage you know yeah. like that would be the ideal scenario but like realistically i feel like we're in for like i think probably a month minimum yeah um i i hope it doesn't go as long as three months again just because that's gonna derail a lot of things um 
and that's speaking from experience because that's how long it lasted last time and it derailed a lot of things yeah uh if it goes on longer than that like bro i'd rather have the government shut down longer than like four or five months at this point yeah Uh, that being said i'm a very privileged i'm in a very privileged position in that like i am not you know like trying to uh seek asylum in our country or anything (laughs) like that like i am very lucky in that regard yeah so different strokes but if you're listening to this podcast chances are you're also in at least a relatively good spot, like uh, existentially, you know, like yeah. you're probably housed, you're probably clothed, you're probably fed. Um, so like, you know, this being the worst of our problems, like, oh, woe is me. First world problem. Considering oh, most of our listeners know us in real life. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. So like, obvious, like there's still a war going on in Ukraine where people like the citizens are arming themselves and like trying to fight for their literal homes yep. uh, from an invasion. So it's like, you know, there there are levels, but like just in terms of like, you know, this is what we love, entertainment and things like that. Yep. Uh, this this still is something that is very worrying. So yeah. So what, but you, put that, that being said, though, you can help. I mean, you're obviously not going to be up writing on writers on strike, picketing, you know, all that stuff. But just share information about the strike retweet celebrities posts like get things out there just so things are seen because i think the biggest difference between now and the previous strike is social media like so hopefully social media can break through and move things along quicker than last time and it won't be as devastating as it was previously because there's a lot that could happen like we said but yeah i think share it be positive support the writers because that's who pretty much is the backbone of everything you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More than directors, more than production people, like more than honestly, like more than actors. Like you see awesome projects all the time that get like super small time actors that have like never been in anything. And then like they blow up and have this amazing thing. Like, like you can always find like good actors, but it takes a long time to like really find a good writer and like get into like the groove of things with them, you know? And, and yeah, I feel like, yeah, you really hit the nail on the head with like social media of like just being able to spread actual like true information to more people now is the biggest difference. Like, like educate people, you know, like mm-hmm. if you're dad or mom or something that's like why are these writers going on strike blah 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 like just educate them like don't like belittle them or like say anything better yet better yet share this podcast yeah but like maybe not some of our earlier ones maybe just this This episode episode. yeah let's share this episode and talk about these things for positive change yeah but like you know that's that's what you need to do you you need to educate them because most of the time in this scenario it just comes down to ignorance you know, like the average Joe isn't going to know near of, of like any of this type of information, like let alone us, like we, we're tuned in, but like, even we don't know because we don't work in the industry. No. All, we're doing the exact same thing. Like we're Googling, we're looking at interviews with people. We're, you know, like looking at official statements that are being released yep. by like variety. Variety has been killing it with their, the coverage. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Most of the big articles have come from them. So, you know, check out sites like Variety or like, I hate to say it, but like E and stuff like that. Like things that are normally tuned into like the Hollywood scene because Hollywood's going to shut down, period. Yeah. That's what they're going to talk I mean, about. They, 
they literally did at like two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just going to be a matter of how long they're shut down again. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. just yeah, you, ha- you have to educate yourself and then just try to educate other people uh, because like the more people that like actually understand what's going on or at least are familiar with the idea and like they know which side to then be on, like the more pressure is going to be put on to like the big like daddy Netflix, daddy Apple, like all of these people to like, like they have to be the ones to cave in this scenario in order for us to get like the storybook happy ending. Yep. Like the evil money grubbing companies shocking are the villains <laughs> of this arc. And like we need to like, we really need like, what's the story, David? We really need David to go down. No, Goliath. We need David to win and Goliath to go down. Goliath is the the companies and David is the writer still. There we go. So stand with stand with David, everybody. Be on the right side of history. Yep. And that's uh about as political as we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. David he, was the good guy, right? Like yeah, he, Goliath he was. was the bad guy. He, he okay. was, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was just yeah. making sure. Like if I accidentally like <laughs> somehow sided with like a Nazi or something like that, that would have been mm. oh just like the most cringe thing ever. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Please please, you know, share whatever you see. And all jokes aside, share stuff like this podcast that are talking about the writer's strike to mm-hmm. inform things. So please please do and you know, hopefully like I said, maybe we'll come back next week and this will all be solved. I doubt it will. It's too quick, but you know, let's let's hope for the best. Yeah, like if 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 the entire Writers Guild of America went on strike, then it's it was enough of a problem that there's no way it's getting fixed with a uh, just a week long strike. You know, like it's I think we're going to have to be buckled in for at least a month. We'll see how long, but yeah, it's it's going to be a minute. Any uh, any closing thoughts before we wrap up the episode? Uh I'm seeing Guardians this weekend. I think you are too. Yeah, yeah. Super excited for that. So we will be doing uh, for next week's episode. You know, barring something crazy doesn't happen with this writer strike, next week's episode plan is Guardians three spoiler free review and our spoiler thoughts at the end, most likely. So be looking forward to that. I'm super excited to see this movie, and uh, I can't wait for next week. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it'll be good. Um. Yeah, I feel like the only other thing... Oh, you know what? I, I can give a quick PSA, I think, um, just for anybody. Uh, let me just do, 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 look up and update us. I'm pretty sure this was just announced. Um, yeah, okay. So, yeah, so um, the movie Air, the uh, I, Ben Affleck movie, mm-hmm. that's going to be um, available on Amazon Prime Video on May 12. Yeah, you called that. Yeah, yeah, I, I did, right? It's, 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 it's shocking. It's almost like I really like this stuff. And, like, even I can be right sometimes. So it's like, again, take anything I say with a grain of salt. But, you know, it, it feels it feels good to be right about that type of thing. So, yeah, it's going to be available May 12th. So anybody that, like, wanted to see it but didn't have the chance to, uh, if you have Amazon Prime or you, like, I don't know if they do free trials or not, but, like, if you get access to someone's Amazon Prime, you can watch it on the 12th, and it's a really good movie, and it's definitely going to be an Oscar contender for a couple of categories. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm, that's something to look forward to. I will definitely be watching that for sure. Heck yeah, man. Awesome. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of the Endgame Heroes podcast. This was episode 13 by my calculation, so trucking right along. 
Uh, we will be back next week with our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 reviews. Until then, my name is Kyle. And where shall we? I don't understand that reference. Oh, it's it's a thing with like the LDS church. You know what? I'll explain it off camera. And I'm, I'm Jack, and clearly I'm too chaotic, so we're going to end it. Bye, folks. Bye-bye.